You there, adventurer? Yes, you. Do you desire knowledge of immense worlds and arcane power? A codex of untold stories and lore? Or perhaps simply easy listening for your daily commute? Then feast your eyes, or more accurately, ears, upon Dungeonpedia. Shit's about to get nerdy in here. everyone and welcome to Dungeonpedia, an exploration into the lore of Dungeons and Dragons. We're your host, Lou and Markel. Taylor Stanfield. And I'm Travis Beasley. So, <laughs> we didn't have an episode last week. I know this has been happening a lot lately. Um, <laughs> sometimes life happens. Sometimes you schedule an appointment with your dentist and you're like, okay, yeah, we're just going to go get a filling done. That's fine. And then you get in there and they're like, oh, well, we're in here. Let's just go ahead and get started on that fucking... Root canal. Yep, that was kind of a surprise root canal. Yeah, I like I knew I was going to have a root cana- canal done. Eventually. Eventually. But, but not that day. Yeah. So that wasn't so, part of the original plan. At least they did not tell me that. You know, if it was always a part of the plan and they just didn't tell me that's on them. But regardless, whereas I was like, yeah, after a feeling, I'll feel fine to Go in and like, yeah, because I'll I mean, be a little sore, but I'll be fine. It's just a filling, you know. But no, I had a root canal, <laughs> and I was like, I can't talk for an hour, an hour and a half, much less, you know, long enough to like. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, sometimes surprise root canals happen. Surprise! You know what else surprised me? What? How much information I found on this week's topic. Oh. That one surprised me first, admittedly. Yeah, and, and what would that be? Uh, hags. 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 Okay. Them like, horrible, like, haggy creatures. Yeah, so, like, like swamp hags, night hags. Uh, yes. Okay. Hag hags. Hag hags. So. Hag ravens. No way. I mean, okay. That's another, that's another... Uh, high fantasy IP. Never mind. So, spoiler alert, um, in first edition, it starts with just night hags, but we quickly, we'll expand to more and more hags as time goes on. Perhaps even too many hags. <laughs> too many hags. Is that a thing? That is definitely a thing. I think that's a thing that Taylor has experienced. That's a thing that Taylor has experienced. That's a thing that, like, adventurers have experienced. It's just a thing. Just too many hags. Any... I, I, I'm going to be real controversial here. Perhaps any hags are too many hags. Oh, really? I, I mean, I would agree. The little bit I know about them, they do kind of suck. Um, Before we jump into the D&D aspect, um, like a lot of D&D characters, they come from real world folklore. Right. Yeah, um, obviously. Everyone has, almost, probably almost everyone has heard of a hag before in the real world. Yes, that's an affectionate name for your your mother-in-law, right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay, got it. Great. Um, no, a hag is a wizened old woman nice. or a kind of fairy or goddess having the appearance of a old woman. Okay, um, like <laughs> life goals? <laughs> like, I want to be a hag when I'm old. Fuck yeah. I want to be a hag right now. 25-year-old hag. Fuck it. <laughs> 
Uh, hags are often seen as malevolent, but uh, may also be one of the chosen forms of shape-shifting deities, such as the Morgan, who are neither wholly benevolent or malevolent. <laughs> Morgan, eh? Okay, so I know where you're going with the Dragon Age thing, but the yeah. Morgan is an actual Celtic goddess. Yeah, I know that. Okay, I'm just making sure that, well, not just you, but like listeners know. Yeah. Um, she's a, a typically one of the traditional three form goddesses. Yeah, she's a she's a big one. Maiden, uh, mother, and crone. Yeah, she's a big one. But I mean, <laughs> listen, I'm just making jokes about all the high fantasy IPs today. Sure, I love you, Morgan. Uh, crone actually is at some point used interchangeably with hag, so that's kind of interesting. Oh, okay, but fair enough. Didn't come from the same roots. Mm-hmm. Uh, the term in, in, in Middle English is a shortened of hagtis, an Old English term for witch. So it, it's very much got these witchy roots. Mm-hmm. And similarly, the Dutch hex and the German hex, with an E on the end, but I assume it's still pronounced hex, uh, are shortenings of the Middle Dutch hagatis and the Old High German hagzusa. Sure. Hagzusa. Gesundheit. No, that's German for you. Am I right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that sounds that about is right. German. So it's believed that all of these um, words actually have their roots in the same word, which would go back to mean hedge. Oh, like hedge witch. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, so I am a hag. Nice. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Congratulations. Woo! Life you goals. Did it. Life goals achieved. <laughs> um. And. In English, uh, in Anglophone North America, but also a little bit of England, mm-hmm. uh, the old hag was a nightmare spirit, um, essentially identical to the old English Myra, or Myra, perhaps, uh, a being with roots in ancient Germanic superstition, uh, closely related to Scandinavian Myra. Everything is derivative, in case you didn't know. True. According to folklore, the old hag sat on a sleeper's chest and sent nightmares to him or her. When the subject awoke, he would be unable to breathe or even move for a short period of time. Huh. This state is now known as sleep paralysis. Oh. But in the old belief, the subject was considered hag-ridden. <laughs> I like it. Nice. Also, that I feel like I've heard the particular note about... I'm, I might be just like crossing the streams here. But I feel like I've heard of the particular note about the um, nightmare demon in question um, sitting on the victim's chest attributed to both like that kind of thing. And also like, I want to say they're Japanese, like Baku. Right. I might be crossing the streams a little bit, but I think it's interesting that if if those are like both interpretate like spiritual interpretations of like sleep paralysis. Because, like, that's what it feels like. Yeah. So. Um, many stories about hags are used to frighten children into being good. Right. Uh, the... And many of these tales don't know, uh, talk about hags in a way that does not describe them well enough to distinguish them between an old woman who knows magic or a witch or supernatural being. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, in Slavic folklore, Babiaga is a hag. Um, she would often ride through the forest on a mortar, sweeping her tracks away with a broom. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, right. Another interesting note is that the three fates, particularly Atropos, are often depicted as hags. That will come back later. 
just keep that in mind. Yeah, because okay. I'm okay. No, uh, hold hold the commentary because I'm pretty sure it'll be more pertinent later. Yeah. Um, in, e- in medieval literature, uh, the term hag came to stand for an unattractive older woman. It builds on medieval tradition of these women, and these women represent the opposite of the lovely lady. Right, yeah. yeah. Basically, this is kind of where the misogyny plays in. Yeah, we're like the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're like the, you know, the association of of, like... Uh, ugliness and, and all yes. that associated with what is seen as evil. Yes. Which may or may not actually even be evil in some people's opinions. <clears throat> but, you know, that's where that association kind of right. happens. So, on to the D&D aspect. Uh, in first edition, hags are originally introduced in the Monster Manual for Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Um, they're only introduced as the night hags. Right. The race of night hags rules the convoluted plains of Hades in first. Oh, sick. And they are seldom encountered elsewhere. Uh, they're numerous in their own region, but appears uh, they do appear on the material plane. Just uh, very rarely. Always in search of very evil persons to slay and bring to Hades in the form of a larvae because it's a, a valuable commodity to both demons and devils. So, just to quickly hop out of this explanation of uh, everything, in first edition, hags are particularly seen as, they rule Hades, which is the neutral evil plane, Mm -hmm. and they sell larvae to both sides. They play both sides. Oh, fun. Yeah. Fun. This kind of, to me, goes back to the whole, the fates were depicted as hags. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're kind of, they're kind of like more... they're literally in Hades as yeah, and they're also like kind of just like neutral. Like they're not good, and they take a lot of joy in their um, right. Yeah, but they're not. They're not. They're they're kind of neutral in an almost objective sense. Yeah, which I think kind of translates pretty well to um, having these dealings with both. Demons and devils. Because interestingly enough, um, they, I mean, whether you like it or not, they do take evil people out of the prime material plane. Yeah. So, so they do technically make the prime material plane more good. So it, I wonder, are these, are these like larvae, um, like strictly kind of like a currency or, or is it like, cause I know that the, the, um, stages of making a devil, like there's a, there's a larval stage in making a devil. So, but that's it, also how the Tanari were made. Yeah. So, it, it, are, is this purely a currency, like, or is it just a, a or cycle, or is it like is it another way for them to bolster their numbers? Do is that yeah, like purely a, no? a commodity, honestly, for them? Um, oh, okay. So or they, just to bolster, I guess, more their their traders' mm-hmm. numbers, uh, who they trade with, because I will get to, into how the hags bolster, bolster their numbers. Oh, okay. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, so, an, a night hag finds if a night hag finds a very selfish person, she'll cast a powerful sleep spell, which can affect up to twelve level humans. Um, and then the night hag will string the strangle the victim in their sleep, which is kind of where we go back to the sleep paralysis thing. Nice. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, that's very, very, right. very physical. 
Um, you know, put him to sleep and then just strangle them. Yeah, I, like I, I could almost see like put him to sleep and then just like I don't know, use a phantasmal killer on them or something like that. But oh, that's no. very, that's very, that's very physical, <laughs> right? Like, oh, sometimes you just gotta strangle a bitch with your gnarled old woman hands. If the sleep spell fails, the hag will visit the victim nightly in an, in an ethereal state, intrude on the victim's dreams in order to cause him or her to become ethereal also, and then ride the victim until dawn. Excuse me? Not like that. <laughs> Excuse me? Okay. Literally. All right. Raise your hand in the comments if you didn't hear that phrasing and immediately go, Excuse me? <laughs> I'm reading from first edition. This is Gary Gygax's own words. (laughs) Gary Gygax probably wrote that like, yeah. Okay, no. Um, The night hag cannot be removed from the victim's back. Oh, okay. By the victim. Oh, okay. Uh, And each night they ride permanently drains one point of the victim's constitution. When the constitution reaches zero, the victim is dead, and the night hag returns to Hades with its marble soul. (laughs) Okay. So, like, is she like a hot older lady? Because, like, no, they're hideous. Where are you paying attention? They are horribly hideous. <laughs> no, you said, no, you said riding, and my brain went somewhere else. Honestly, though, I think I would rather like take the successful sleep spell on getting strangled than that. Yes, I mean, unless she's hot, you know, but because that sounds like terrible. It's like literally the ring. Like, you, you yeah, know like you're gonna die. And you're just kind of getting, like, more or less tortured for that period of time. Whereas, like, if you just fall asleep and get strangled in your sleep, like, yeah, you might wake up a little bit and be like, what the fuck? But then you're then you're dead, so. What were you gonna say, Travis? It certainly doesn't take, like, a week. I mean, sorry. so basically it's just, like, cast a sleep spell. If they past that, then they're just like, all right, I'll just fuck them up in their dreams until they're dead. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't say anything that... Uh, it does say that the victim cannot remove the hag. It doesn't say that you can't get, like, intervention. So, like, you could still technically be saved. Mm-hmm. It would just require outside intervention. Oh, so that's and, like, you can ask for help. There's nothing saying that you can't talk about it. It's just that you have to hope that you have a good enough cleric or what have you to come into the ethereal plane and help you out. And get the hag off your back, literally. Yeah. Or just, you know, do the good old, like, Nightmare on Elm Street and just, like, <laughs> keep keep taking, like, just keep, like, washing down, like, um, stimulant medication with, like, coffee and some Red Bull. Oh, my God. And just, like... You'll die for a, a different reason. Yeah, as I was saying, just see which happens first. Either you fall asleep or your heart gives out. So, I know I mentioned that they like to kill evil people and... I mean, that's nice, but they're not great people. Night hags hate goodness, and they will attack any creature which is of good alignment as long as the possibilities appear favorable. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Night hags are able to employ a magic missile spell three times per day, uh, which can cause two to 16 points of damage when when it strikes. Quite a range. Yeah. They can likewise use a ray of enfeeblement three times a day. They can become ethereal at will. Uh, they also have the n- ability to know a creature's alignment and polymorph themselves at will. Oh. Yes. Yep. There Night. is the... The shape-shifting. There is the shape-shifting aspect. Um, Night hags are able to actually project their bodies, but in order to do so, they must have taken pers- possession of a special preapt, which each forges in Hades. I had to look this up. Or, sorry, a periapt. A periapt is an item worn as a charm or amulet. That's it. Huh. Okay. So that's a fun. Okay, that's your word of the day. Very apt. 
Very apt. They could have easily just wrote in, like, charm or amulet. Well, no, but then we wouldn't have a good word of the day, Travis. Exactly. All right. Um, There's nothing ever wrong with expanding your vocabulary a little bit. If the periapt is taken from the hag, she can leave the plane at the time of the loss, but then you have their special periapt. Hmm. First edition gives a very brief description of the night hag. It's a hideous dark blue violet color with black hair and glowing red eyes, talon hands and feet. Uh, uh, the nails are like a jet black color. Like with the talons and everything, you would think instead of like choking them, they would just slit their throat. But that's not uh, fine. Yeah, no. To feel it fight back. Also, I personally I mean, think... it's asleep. It's not fighting back anyway. I mean, I personally think a dark blue-violet color is nice. It is, yeah. But uh, apparently it's a hideous shade of dark blue-violet, apparently. It's hideous. So it's kind of sickly. Okay. Whatever. I'm just saying, they can polymorph at will. She could look like a hot lady. But she's going to torture you. She doesn't... Okay. (laughs) Oh, no. Hot lady strangling me. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. How terrible. Wouldn't want that to happen to me. Anyways, in second edition, the night hags don't really change that much. There isn't really much difference. I mean, um, but second edition will introduce new types of hags. Nice. Um, I should mention that at for second edition, and I think part of third edition as well, it still like it gives each type of hag their own column instead of saying. These are hags. These are types of hags. Oh, yeah. So it's kind of a mess to find everything. Oh, yeah. I, I love it when they do that. <laughs> so uh, green hags are a race of evil creatures related to both the honest and the night hags. More on honest later. Okay. Because um, I don't know what those are, so. Well, you do know what night hags are. Well, yes. Um, honest and night hags. Sorry. Honest and green hags dwell on the prime material plane. While many of these horde creatures live in forests and lonely moors, there are some th- there are some inhabiting swamps and rivers. Oh, so this is the swamp hag. Yeah, it is. Uh, the lair is always a small cave, possibly one dug in earth. Mm-hmm. Um, these are very much your swamp hags. Um, green hags uh, like to use attacks with claws and cl- basically using their talons. Right. Uh, they have a strength of eighteen. Slash zero zero, which I don't know what that means. I'm gonna say strength of eighteen. That that sounds good. Yeah. I don't know what that means. It's um eighteen divided by zero. Um, congratulations, you've broken the game, and your dungeon master's guide is now on fire. Um, anyway, like is that supposed to be like eighteen out of twenty? I so I didn't copy down the stat block. That's my bad. But they're very strong. They have a plus six to their attack. Oh, big strong damage. Jesus. Sorry, not to their attack, but to their attack damage. Very strong. Um, in order to lure victims to them, green hags use their mimic ability. They uh, can imitate oh. the voice of mature or immature, male or female, human or demi-human, calls for help, crying, etc., etc. Well, that reminds me of a certain something that happened in, in our Pathfinder game. Oh, yeah. At that one point. Lewin got... <laughs> Uh, well, Lewin's character got lured into the forest by a... Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about whenever um, Drella heard what oh. sounded like that little kid crying. It, it didn't turn out to be like a witch type thing. It was like the little... No, it the was little a kid was evil. vampire child thing. Yeah, I but... I can't remember exactly what That reminds me of that. Like yeah. the whole, like, you hear a... 
you hear like a child crying and you're like, oh, I got to go investigate that. And then, nope, turns out it's something evil. I didn't want to do it, but Drella made me. <laughs> right? Um, you're like, oh, but my character would do it. Damn it. Yeah, yeah no, I was like, I'm very suspicious. I don't want to do this. <laughs> yeah, you're like, for the record, Taylor doesn't want to do this, but Drella wants to do this. Which um, is a mood and a half. Yes. That <laughs> happens often. Um, they're also able to mimic animal sounds. Oh, they got and me. And then it goes on to list all of the animals. <laughs> they got me. Cats, dogs, goats. <laughs> yep. You're a little kitty cat murp in the distance, and I'm like... I'm there. Especially if it sounds like it's a crying kitty. Yeah, like, oh, let me go help the kitty. Um, Yeah, they got me. Green hags appear uh, basically like, it it literally says like night hags with green skin. They're shiny night hags. Um, (laughs) Shiny version. Shiny version, exactly. Uh, Their (laughs) hair color ranges from black to olive green. Um, Eye colors are more of an amber and orange color. They often dress as peasants do. Is what it says. Ah. Yeah, they dress in shitty clothes, basically. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Um, so, the Honests were also introduced in 2nd edition, and the Honests are relatives to the Hags, is basically how they're described. Uh, their appearance is similar to Night Hags, but Honests are larger and more physically powerful. Honests dwell naturally upon the primatorial plane. They are giantesses and particularly fond of human flesh. However, so voracious is their appetite, they will devour anything, regardless of how foul. Um, <coughs> well, then. Honest attacks parti- uh, in particular prefer to use talons and teeth, inflicting horrible, gaping wounds. Uh, the strength of an honest is equal to that of a hill giant. Which are pretty strong. Which are, yeah. Quite, quite strong. strong. They also tend to grapple their opponents. Their grapples automatically deal damage. Oh, awesome. Yeah, well, it's good. good. For them. Yeah. In addition to their normal attacks, an honest has a spell-like ability to cast a fog cloud at an opponent. Wow, let me try that again. At an opponent. This will be done to confuse or delay an attack of by a superior foe. Uh, they can also change appearance and appear to be like a large human, ogre, etc. These power, Both these powers are useful one at a time, once per round, and twice per day. Okay. Huh, so basically they're just, like, really beefy green eggs. Oh, yeah, and their skin counts as armor. <laughs> nice. Okay, yeah. yeah, I mean, they're giant, so I guess that would make yeah. sense. Their skin is just leather, that basically. Yeah. Um, an honest is more of a uh, deep blue color, it's similar in complexion visage to the night hag except fucking huge right yeah hair teeth and nails are all glossy black uh the eyes of an honest are usually dull however they're more green or yellowish instead of red like their night hag cousins Mm -hmm. the tall body is thin muscly and wiry those are all very different descriptives descriptors but that's what I mean, thin, muscular, and wiry. No, I mean, that makes sense to me. Like, that's someone who has, like, a, like, you would say, like, a thin frame. So, built like an elf. Yeah, but with a, but with a lot of muscle, but not, like, a lot of body fat. Okay. So, basically, they're, like, um, they're, like, figure competitors instead of actual, like, uh, like, like, strong lifters. Their garb. <clears throat> they only lift for aesthetics. <laughs> their garb is also that of a peasant woman, but usually more tattered and filthy. So, so they're, like, a night hag and a green hag had a really large baby. Yes. 
And then they just like threw it out. And that baby was a barbarian. Yeah. <laughs> and now they just look gross and nasty. Exactly. Yes. There's very little change between 3.5 and 3rd edition, so I'm really just going to focus on 3.5. As it it often is. Yeah. All that 3.5 did really was group them together better and added a little bit here and there. Right. Um, And 3.5 hags are expanded on more as a group of all basically being different types of hags instead of just like, oh, they're very distantly related. And, you know, some of them are called hags and one of them's called an honest. It's more like, these are the hags, this is the night hag, this is a... Yes. Yes. Gotcha. So, uh, hags are horrible creatures whose love of evil is equaled only by their ugliness. Same. Shut up. Jesus Christ. Um, they often plot and scheme... <coughs> Sorry. You're fine. Uh, they often plot and scheme for power to some malevolent end. Uh, they also just like to do evil things for evil's sake. <laughs> Okay. I mean, are they are they neutral evil by chance? Um, let me double check that. I mean, they're definitely not going to be lawful evil if that's the case. They are neutral evil and chaotic evil. Yeah. Okay. okay. Because the 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 plot and scheme for power or some malevolent end sounds like it could be a little bit more lawful. You know, yeah. Like the 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 machinations of of um the nine hells. But the doing evil for evil's sake is very... Yeah. It almost feels like instead of bridging the gap and being perfectly in the middle of like chaos and law, it's like they take bits and pieces from each of them. You know yes. what I mean? Yeah. Um, they use dark magic and knowledge of these things to serve more powerful evil beings, but they're not usually very faithful to those. <laughs> nice. They can turn on their master if they see a chance to see power for themselves. Nice. Different hags are unique in appearance and mannerism. They all have many aspects in common. Like I said, this is just bringing them all together. Let's unify them. It's great. Um, they all take the form of crones who bent, whose bent shapes belie their fierce power and swiftness. I.e., they're, they look like withered old women, but they will kick your ass. Nice. Despite their faces being cracked by wrinkles and heavy with cruelty, their eyes are villainy and cunning. Same? I, I think. I don't, uh, I, I don't know. Sure. Uh, they have long nails made out of Well, not actually made out of steel, but they more or less. Steel. Uh, and they are as sharp as any knife. Hags uh, speed giant and common in 3.5. I wonder why giant. So uh-huh. this is kind of where I believe the hags are meshing more Less with being otherworldly creatures of the lower planes and more, and more into the fae-like thing. But there's no fae wilds yet as of 3.5 edition. Hmm. Okay. So just keep... Of all the things, like you could tell me abyssal in common or... I just would not have thought giant. Or something like that. And I would be like, yeah, sure. No, that's fair. Unless it's like the... Uh, honest hag, in which case like... In which case... Giant like, creature. Yeah, sure. Right. Makes the language sense. at that point is like, we're both big. <laughs> um, hags are tremendously strong. They have a natural resistance to spells and can cast magic of their own. They, this is also the first mention of cubbies, um, which is the plural form of coven. Oh. Huh. Huh. I don't always just said covens. Right. I mean, I think both are grammatically correct, but in this I, case. Yeah, I just didn't know that cubbies was a... I don't like it. 
I don't think I like that word as much as coven's. Then again, that could be that old kind of thing because there's so many like different types of like witchcraft and groupings of witchcraft like traditions that that could easily be very much like they both come from the same like old, 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 old as balls like English word. Well, so I guess specifically covey actually more so refers to a flock of birds. Oh, okay. I yeah, see. Yeah, it's used as a um, as essentially as a plural a, of coven, but it's essentially like a just a, a substitute for um, coven that's more birdy. Yeah. I like that. So, um, coveys usually contain one type of each hag, but uh, it can vary. And but when they are, I'll I'll touch more on this later. But when they are coveyed up, so to speak, they they have access to more powers. Yeah, that makes sense to me because yeah. it's like, you know. Yeah. So first up in 3.5, we have the Honest Hag. Um, this creature looks like an ancient female human, but impossibly tall. Ancient. She has deep blue skin and filthy black hair. Honest may be the most horrible of hags. Commonly uses its disguised self ability to take the form of an exceptionally tall human, a fair giant, or an ogre. Uh, on a stand at eight feet tall and weigh about around 325 pounds. I love how it says, like, impossibly tall. Yeah. And then they're, like, eight feet tall. They are impossibly that is, tall. That is not at all where my mind went. My mind went to, like, as tall as, I think, um, Nightwalkers were, which is, like, around 25 feet tall. Yeah. That's where my mind went. <laughs> but, um, okay. I mean, eight feet tall is impossibly tall for the average human. In fact, I would... I'm sure there are some very, very... Like far at the end, uh, no, um, like notable. notable people who have been eight feet tall, but very rare, very, very rare. And I wish I was eight feet tall. Despite being physically powerful, they don't really like just go in and beat, beat the shit out of people. They turn to defy their foes and confuse them. Right. They love to pose as commoners and lull their victims into a sense of false security before they attack. Right. They're not just like they're 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 tricksy. For the most part, they're. Abilities have not changed. Then we have the green hag. This creature looks like a very old female human. It has a sickly green complexion with dark, tangled hair that looks like a twisted vine. Green hags are found in desolate swamps and dark forests. A green hag is about the same height and weight as a female human. Hmm. Green hags prefer to attack from hiding, usually distracting their foes. They often use dark vision to their advantage by attacking during moonless nights. Ooh. Again... Um, not really much change. Um, it's essentially just the evolution of numbers. Yeah. Interestingly enough, uh, Green Hag has a plus eight racial bonus on any swim check. Because oh, Swamp Hag. Yeah. But they're not the only water-based hag. Now oh. we have the Sea Hag. This <gasps> one's new. Oh, fun. Can you imagine one of these? That's these, horrifying, actually. One of these Green Hags, like... You just see them, like, poke their head up out of the water like an alligator. Ah! <laughs> oh, I don't like it. So, uh, the sea hag looks like an old female human with sickly yellow flesh covered with warts and oozing sores. Ooh! Ooh. His long, filthy hair resembles rotting seaweed. Perhaps the most wretched of the hags, the sea hag is found in the water of seas or overgrown lakes. Sea hag is about the same height and weight as a female human. Huh. Sea hags are not subtle and prefer a direct approach to combat. <laughs> they usually remain in hiding until they can affect as many foes as possible with their horrific appearance. 
Oh, jeez. Excuse me? So they oh. just fucking sit and wait until everyone can see them. And then they're like, hey. Uh, hey, look, hey, look how ugly I am. So, <coughs> actually, horrific appearance is one of their abilities. Oh. The sight of a sea hag is so revolting that anyone other than another hag who sets eyes upon one must succeed on a DC 13 fortitude save or instantly be weakened, <laughs> taking 2d6 points of strength damage. Jesus uh, Christ. Uh, but, uh, but, this damage cannot reduce a victim's strength score below zero, but anyone reduced to zero is helpless. Uh, I mean, yeah, because like, I mean, you, you're not strong enough to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, creatures that are affected by this power uh, or that successfully su- successfully save against it cannot be affected by the same hag for 24 hours. But they can be affected by other hags. Yeah. Oh god, that's so funny! Holy shit! Yeah. Dude, if like a group of like five of them just all came out. Oh, but wait, there's more. Oh. Um, sea hags also have evil eye. Three times per day, a sea sea hag may cast its dire gaze upon any single creature within thirty feet. Target must succeed on a DC thirteen will save or be dazed for three days. <laughs> three days. Three Although days? remove curse or dispel evil can restore sanity sooner. What, but excuse me. What? In addition, an affected creature must succeed on a DC thirteen Fortitude save or not die from fright. Excuse me. In addition. In addition, creatures with immunity to fear effects are not affected by the sea hags. Is why. Okay, I will say for third edition, DC thirteen is a very low threshold for that save. I You're will not say. Wrong. I will say that. But the mm-hmm. fact that it has a power that it can use three times per day, uh, that's, yeah. that can instantly kill you. It, it's it's not. This it is essentially has three charges of a low a lower DC phantasmal killer, and yes. that's not great. So yeah, um, Jesus. Imagine if a sea hag, like, got. Got Instagram, <laughs> and got like a, like was this clickbaiting. You know, with with like pictures of 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 hot women and then one day like has like millions of followers and then one day posts an actual selfie and like people the world over just start fucking dying. Yeah. Well, okay, you don't die, but people the world over just start getting fucking sick. Everyone's just sick and dazed for like no reason. So sea hags are actually amphibious. Uh, They are aquatic, but they can survive indefinitely on land. Uh, good for them. Plus eight racial bonus to swim checks. It can also always choose to take ten on a swim check, even if distracted or endangered. Oh, nice, nice. Okay. That's, huh. yeah, that's pretty... Okay, I mean... Fair enough. I mean, they live in the ocean. Well, they water. They still suck, but, you know. Yeah. Um, so, the Night Hag in third edition. Nice. Um, this looks like a, like a hideously ugly human woman. Same. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> its flesh is the blue violet of a deep bruise and covered with warts, blisters, and open sores. I like that it actually gives a, a good descriptor of what what type of blue violet we're looking for instead of just like blue violet. Right. But, yeah. Um, trust me, it's hideous. Okay, gotcha. But um, don't worry, it's still fucking hideous. But they're covered in warts, blisters, and open sores. Okay, not same, thankfully. It has straggly, I think it means scraggly, but uh, jet black hair and jagged yellow teeth. Shut up. The eyes burn like hot coals, throwing out a thick red radiance. Ooh. Night hags are merciless and utterly evil. 
There are creatures from the planet of Hades that constantly hunger for the flesh and souls of innocent men and women. Oh, so they're not evil yeah. men and women anymore. Now they're innocent. Yeah. Now they're oh, okay. Because at least back, at least back in an earlier incarnation of them, they were at least like unintentionally maybe doing a little bit of good. I was wondering because I always just remembered hags as going after like innocent people. And then first edition, it was like, no, they're going after the evil ones. Well, because they they would turn into larvae, which is currency for them. We, it started to slowly move away from that. We'll really get into it in fourth edition. I actually really like what fourth edition did. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Uh Hmm. Trust me on this. Uh, a night hag is about the same height and weight as a female human. Night hags speak abyssal, celestial, common, and infernal. Yeah, those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They attack good creatures on sight if odds of success seem favorable. Uh, <coughs> creatures rip through armor and flesh with their deadly teeth. They love to use sleep and then strangle those who are overcome by it. So, like, similar in a lot of ways to earlier incarnations. Yeah. Hmm. So, as for its abilities, it has disease, demon fever, which is caused by a, their bite. It has a fortitude save of 18, incubation period of one day, and its damage is 1d6 constitution. Each day after the first, on a failed save, an afflicted creature must immediately succeed on DC 18 fortitude save or take one point of constitution drain. Hmm. The DC is constitution based. That's what Taylor had when she did like three episodes on demons. Demon <laughs> Yeah. I definitely did take some constitution drain. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, happens. So I'm, it doesn't say, but I'm going to assume based on just how these tend to work in D&D and also its previous iterations that when you hit zero, you die. <laughs> Right, yeah. Yeah, I would assume that that's still the case here. Now, it functions as a disease, so if someone has cured disease, you're good. Right. Because it doesn't say it's incurable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, spell-like abilities. At will, it can pass detect chaos, detect evil, detect good, detect log, detect magic, magic missile, polymorph, self-only, grave enfeeblement, sleep, etc. Uh, night hack can cast its... Own use etherealness at will, so long as it possesses its hearthstone. 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 Yes. Hearthstone. It has a hearthstone. Sorry, hearthstone. Okay. Hearthstone is another thing. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's another thing that about hags is they're really into hearthstone. Shush. I fucking wouldn't be surprised though. Um. Also, night hags still have dream haunting. Oh, is that there? And uh, Nighthags can visit the dreams of chaotic or evil individuals by oh. using a special periapt amulet known as a heartstone to become ethereal, then hovering over the creature. Um, once a Nighthag invades someone's dreams, it rides on the victim's back until dawn. <laughs> this one knew about you, Lewin. This one knew about. They yeah, have to specify this. Yeah, this one knew about people like me. Fucking Lewin. <laughs> yeah, fucking Lewin was seven years old at the time when this came out. Oh, they knew. The sleeper suffers from tormenting dreams and takes one point of constitution drain upon awakening. Only another ethereal being can stop these nocturnal intrusions by confronting and defeating the night hag. This one also establishes steps to defeat the night hag. So, um... <laughs> really? Okay, no, they, you know they had to change that phrasing because you know that they were, like, looking over it while they were writing it and someone on, like, their, their like, 
panel or whatever was like <laughs> writing. Yeah. And they're like, okay. And they're like, hmm. Back to the drawing board with that. They're like, hmm. Yeah, maybe we actually should have thought about that. We need to rephrase this one. Uh, send it to Jerry. He can do that. Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. Um, so the heartstone. Um, all night hags carry a special periapt known as a heartstone, which instantly cures any disease contracted by the holder. Hmm. In addition, a heartstone provides a plus two resistance bonus on all saving throws. Um, a night hag that loses this charm can no longer use its etherealness until it can manufacture another one, which takes one month. Uh, creatures other than the hag can benefit from Heartstone's powers, but the periapt shatters after ten uses. Any disease cured or saving throw affected counts as a use. So you don't have to specifically say, I'm using it. If you're holding it and it cures a disease, it's a use. And it's done. So, I mean, that's kind of nice, though. At least you don't have to remember to be like, hey, I used this, by the way. Yeah. True. It does not bestow etherealness to a bearer that is not a night hag. Um, If sold, it's worth about 1,800 gold pieces. Oh, that's quite a bit. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's quite a bit. That's a good chunk of change right there. Yeah. Is it worth going up against a hag to get it? Probably not, but... You know, yeah. you do you. I um, mean, if you if you just happen to, um, you know, have a have a you know situation where you run into a night hag, you know, just go for the heartstone. I mean, it's just like a nice little bonus if you manage to survive that encounter. I guess just go for the heartstone and run. <laughs> right? Yeah. From time to time, a trio of hags gathers as a covey. Usually, this foul tri- triune includes one hag of each type, but it is not always the case. Hags in a covey rely on deception and their boosted magical abilities in combat. Uh, they are likely to be guarded by 1d8 ogres and 1d4 evil giants to do their bidding. Huh. These minions are often disguised with a veil spell to appear less threatening and set forth as spies. Ooh. Okay. Um, right. Such minions often carry magic stones known as hag eyes. Hag eyes. More on that in a moment. Well, actually, no more on that now. Um, a Haggai is a mesh gem created by a covey. It appears to be nothing more than a semi-precious stone, but it's actually a gem of seeing another... Uh, but, sorry. Basically, if you can see it, you can see that it's actually a disembodied eye. Oh, oh sick. So it's an actual eye. Yes. Lovely. Um, a Haggai is worn as a ring, brooch, or other adornment. Um, any of the three hags who created the Haggai can see through it, in whichever way they wish. This also kind of goes back to the fate. The, the, the fate, yeah, with the, yeah. With the one eye that they pass around? Yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, okay, I guess that's... That's specific that's to the movie. Specific to the movie, but... but I mean, there's some real real Greek mythology in there somewhere. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, don't get me wrong, that movie got a lot of things wrong. Like, implying that Zeus and Hera had a healthy, happy marriage. But, <laughs> yeah, well. pr- principally, honestly. But also, I can, like, I I would imagine that that wasn't just something that they put in there for, like, goofy goofs. I would imagine that that does have an actual basis in Greek mythology, personally. I can't remember off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure it does. Um, yeah. Destroying a high... Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh-huh. Destroying a high elf. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking high elf. Okay, um, come destroy my high elf. Am I right? <laughs> oh my god. Destroying a hag eye no. deals 1d10 points of damage to each member of the cubby and causes the one who sustained the greatest damage to be blinded for 24 hours. Ooh, okay. 
Damn. Um, other abilities of the Covey include um, they have access to new spells, including three times a day they can animate dead, bestow curse, DC 17, control weather, dream, force cage, mind bleak, mirage, arcana, DC 18, polymorph, veil, DC 19, and vision. And that would be polymorphing other people, not yes. just themselves. Yes. Also, also, vision. Nice. <laughs> Um, to use one of these abilities, which requires a full run action, all three hags must be within 10 feet of one another and all must participate. Once per month, a cubby that does not have a hag eye can create one from a gem worth at least 20 gold. Hmm. Does it have any information about what the heartstones look like, too? Because I'm imagining it does them. Not, okay, because I'm imagining them being like gemstones too. See, at this point, I'm just imagining it being an actual like heart. That <laughs> Maybe they, like a miniaturized heart that they have like crystallized or something and just carry. Or, or, or what if it's just like a rock? <laughs> it's just a rock. <laughs> it's like the philosopher stone. Like, yeah, it's just this rock I found. But they have to call it a heart stone just to make people think that it's. Well, no, it does also do the thing. Interestingly enough, um, a lot of people um, have homebrewed its appearance, and it does legitimately kind of look like a crystallized heart. So, in these homebrews. Well, I was not expecting because I'm just like I'm just like tabbing through like my um, crystal collection in my brain. Like, which one of these would I use as a heartstone? (laughs) I'm not a hag. Are you sure? Yet. Anyways, um, in fourth edition, I mentioned that I actually really like what we what happened in fourth edition, right. which is a rare occurrence. It is. it is, and it scares me a little. Bit. But fourth edition kind of gets back to the the old school folk uh, the, the the old school folklore of roots. I don't love it because it stayed faithful to the original like first edition, like the fun stuff like that. I love it because it feels like it stayed faithful to the original like pre Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Sick. We, so, love, we love mythology and folklore here. We do. In the Dungeon Pedia house. We, we do. That's this is actually probably why we did a lore podcast. Regardless. Um, Maybe. Uh, in 4th edition, um, this comes fr- primarily from the Monstrous Manual, uh, I believe the third one. Uh, they are wise in the ways of dark magic and sometimes serve more powerful ev- evil beings as advisors or soothsayers. But they are cruel and dangerous fae. Nice. Uh, hags haunt the fae wild in the loneliest places of the world. Most hags are petty tyrants who prefer to bully weaker monsters and form wicked schemes against mortals unfortunate enough to live close by. Um, <laughs> so they're just fucking assholes. They're they just fucking assholes. Like <laughs> This is more in, in, if you listen to our episode on, I believe, Tasha, I talked a little bit about the Baba Yaga. Think about yeah. her. She's a hag. Yeah, yes. which is kind of what I've kind of been picturing is mm-hmm. Baba Yaga. Yeah, essentially. First of all, Baba Yaga just, the name sounds like a hag. Yeah. Yeah, like. <clears throat> Actually, in 5th edition, I'll get there. Oh. Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, the name, the naming scheme is so good. I actually, I also, I, I like them being fae. I sometimes don't like. It, what feels like seemingly for seemingly random creatures, the um being like them being put under the umbrella of like Fae, seemingly out of nowhere, when there were perhaps like more um interesting or unique explanations. 
Because I feel like sometimes, depending on what it is, some source material kind of has the bad habit of using, like, the Feywild as just a catch-all for, like... Natural things? Oh, there's weird stuff! Like, it's natural, but kind of weird. Therefore... Let's put it into the Feywild. No, I get what you're saying. But, like, hags absolutely feel like they're just, like, these evil, shitty fake creatures. To me, it's like, would you read about this in a legitimate fairy tale? It belongs to the Feywilds. Yeah, true. Um, so. Not ha- like Displays are Beasts. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I. I yes, yes and no on Displays are Beasts. Uh, Fair we enough. We can argue about that later. Um, <laughs> Hags often know dark rituals that allow them to scry to distant places, see in the future, manipulate weather, and place curses. Um, they gather in small groups called covens. Now they're just called covens, not okay. cubbies. Um, they're about- it sounds like you're saying cubbies. Cubbies. And now I'm just imagining you like opening a cupboard and there's just these little witches and they're like, hey, we're doing something in here. Close that, we're busy. They combine their knowledge as in their covens. Hags are living manifestations of nature's ugliness as oh. Eladrin and elves embody nature's beauty. Uh, they're miserable and conniving Same. and they seek to destroy those who are content in life. <laughs> Ooh. They like to collect treasure and will often impart knowledge or free captives in exchange for valuable items. This is kind of, this kind of feels very fey like. Yeah, like <laughs> Like Ooh, they're shiny. Yeah, like their their like sense of of evil and stuff is just overridden by shiny things, mm-hmm. which is like a mood. <laughs> uh, they are native to the Feywild as Fey creatures, uh, but they can be found throughout the Hag, throughout the plains, throughout the Hag. Hags can be found throughout Shush. Hags. Um, hags have a mastery of dark Fey magic, and they like to gather secrets and makes them into. Coveted spellcasters and oracles. So when you say, like, dark fey magic, do you mean, like, unseely or... I mean... So, yes. But also but just, also, like, just like evil. I mean, it's important to remember that the seely and the unseely are very much not... It's not, like... Good versus evil. They are just too diametrically opposed Yeah. Um, I would say the seely... Or, sorry, the unseely is more preoccupied with, um... Basically, they tend to be more associated with the darker nature of things, but I guess it's more that, yeah, we'll go with that, because the Seelie are more attracted to dark beauty, whereas the Seelie are more associated with, with like, like bright beauty. Yeah, that kind of, like, um, not not purity, but, yeah. Yeah. It's, like, the, it's the neon versus neon the versus goth. Tones. Oh, I was going to say neon versus goth. No, it's neon versus jewel tones. And then the hags still are still colorful and beautiful. And then the hags are goth. Yes. Um, beautiful. Actually, the hags are like neutral tones. Really? Yeah, they're like they're just like pure, pure yeah. like earth tone, swampy. They're um, like they're like they're not Mori girls. They're Mori women. <laughs> yes. Mori crones. Mori crones. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's what I want to be when I'm fucking old, though. I a hope so. Yeah, hags are deadly creatures and are treacherous, and as they're as treacherous as they are powerful, they are keepers of secrets, which they jealously guard and hoard from each other and other creatures. Um, these secrets are gained through foul divinations, pacts with humanoids, and network of portals that connects hags to from the Feywild to the mortal world. Nice. Adventurers who enter a bargain with the hag must undertake a minor quest against the hag's enemies. 
uh, which include archfey, devils, demons, or other hags. <laughs> a minor quest? I'm sorry, if you're seeing me up against an archfey, that doesn't seem very minor to me. Just a minor little quest. Just a little thing. Just one oh, quick, quick little... Just a quick little thing. Like, I would, I would rather go up against another hag than a fucking archfey. Mm. Depends. Yeah, I was going to say, that depends on... that. Which one of those things hey, I would want to... If hag has a... Um, as an issue with the Baba Yaga, we aren't talking. Okay, right, yeah, yeah no. Like, I, I wouldn't want to go up against any of those. Like, I'll fetch her some, like, like nightshade mugwort or whatever. But, like, I don't want to go up against any of those things. A dream hag, which I'll get to in a moment, uses magic to send dreams to its victims, providing clues to a journey the recipient must make, such as landmarks or desperately needed magic or lore. The dream hag, working with uh, the victim's enemies, throws traps and other hazards along the way. A hag can only partially control the visions, though, so sometimes even the most devious of hags can let scraps of useful information appear to the victim. Are we dream hags? We might be. We're, so, I mean, we're, we're imparting lore upon people. As I mentioned, 4th edition... Actually, I don't know if I mentioned this. 4th edition added three new types of hags. Okay. Okay. That is the pack tag, the dream hag, as I just mentioned earlier, and the mist hag. Mist hag. Uh, the dream hag, since I already mentioned that one, um, controls nightmares and strange visions uh, that plague an individual during sleep. Oh, is this where the writing happens? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, seeming to provide <laughs> disturbing hints of the future. In truth, these visions have been crafted by a dream hag to manipulate and destroy its prey. Oh. Uh, a dream hag. Yeah, that's not very. That's not very nice. My goddamn! A dream hag revels in sending its enemies into a deadly slumber by influencing the unconscious thoughts of a creature. The hag controls its body like a puppeteer. Oh! It gathers and enslaves cruel creatures, including renegade drow and worshippers of Throg. Huh? Yes. Okay. That's also not great. No. So we went from, like, we went from Nightmare on Elm Street to, like, get out. Yeah. And now it puts its victims in the sunken place and yeah. just puppeteers their body around. Awesome. <laughs> Next, we have the Pax Hag. Uh, the Pax Hag's crude hut lies out of sight of the village, but close enough to draw those seeking its secrets, but distant enough to hold the curious at bay. So it's literally, like, the witch that lives just outside of town. Yeah, but you're too scared to talk to her. Um, many come in search of the power, knowledge, and rituals the hag possesses. However, such things come at a price, which is named in the pact the hag forges. Basically, oh. this is the Rumpelstiltskin hag. Oh, okay. okay. All okay. right. I'm into yeah. it. I'm into it. I'm into it. The pact hag prefers negotiation to violence, although usually such a negotiation favors the hag. Yeah. The pact hag relies on its monstrous servants to the fighting. It often has a few beasts that it keeps as pets. Or a group of ogres, trolls, and other brutish slaves. Oh, this so is the first mention of that word in here, but there we go. Lovely. Uh, that it has been to its will. Hmm. You know, I prefer, like, pets. <laughs> Except they're just, like, a bunch of cats. Not, not like, magical cats. Just, like, normal cats. They're just normal cats. But they still get shit done. <laughs> See, what I'm picturing is the Baba Yaga, because she was, like, nice to all of her, like, servants and stuff. But, mm -hmm. like... If you stepped out of line, she would just... Psh, psh. She yeah. just backhanded you and was like, stop that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or killed you. Oh, yeah, that too. And then finally, for fourth edition, we have the mist tag. 
Um, in the Feywild's deepest forests dwell the Mist Hags. They're near legendary spellcasters that have stolen countless secrets and artifacts from the mortal realm in ages past. Ooh. Adventurers and heroes now search for the remote layers where the Mist Hags have hidden this wealth. However, the Hags are still jealously guard their relics and secrets, so those who go in search of these caches often end up as trophies. Oh, shit! Uh, when faced with a direct threat, a mist hag relies on the haze of fey-touched mist that surrounds it to keep foes at bay. Mm. The hag sends servants against foes while streaking them from the edge of the fray. So basically they like to stay in the mists. That's kind of where the meme comes from. Yeah. It uh, prefers to enlist the aid of undead and creatures that are tough and brutish. Okay. Damn. All right. So we made it. We made it? We made it? To fifth edition. Uh-huh. Um, you guys are going to be so mad at me. I had to cut out a whole ecology out article. <gasps> what? What? It wasn't as interesting as the entirety of 5th edition. Okay. If you guys are interested, I will do a reading of the ecology article for our... Um, okay, that's... For our... Um, Patreon. Patreon. Okay, that's interesting, though. I don't think it's ever happened where the ecology article is less interesting than the accompanying monster manual or That's whatever because. it is. I'm about to start talking about face or sorry, um, hag society, hag reproduction. Yes, <laughs> yes, fuck yeah, all of this. Oh, and this wasn't in the ecology. Not in the ecology. What the shit? Yeah, that- I, the ecology article is brilliant, but I decided not to talk about the ecology article so I could talk about fifth edition. Okay. Hmm. I mean, okay. like I right. said, if y'all are interested, I'll I'll record myself talking about maybe even all three of us. I don't know, talking about the ecology article and put it on our Patreon. But okay, fifth edition. Fifth edition. After we take a real quick break. Damn it! Oh my God. You suck. You bag. Love me. Hey everybody! Thank you guys so much for listening to this very long but very in-depth hag episode. Yeah. It's hagful. <laughs> I don't even have a response to that. Uh, <laughs> that's that's fine. But if you two like shiny things like the people of the Feywilds, I have something for you. What is it? It is that we still have our affiliate partnership with Metallic Dice Games, and Metallic Dice are very shiny. And yes. They are very shiny. Honestly, even, like, even non-Metallic Dice are. Yeah. And like a Fey, you need more. You do. You do. Mm-hmm. You, you might not know it, but you do. Even if you don't think you do, you do. I know I do. And when I get to, uh, when I pick out my dice that I'm going to buy, I am going to use offer code at Dungeonpedia for 10% off my entire order, and so can you. Maybe you can get your own set of uh, Heartstone dice. Well, Ooh. I don't know if that's a thing, but it needs it's, to be. It, it, I don't think it is a thing, but you, you know, might be able to find something that is relatively close. I mean, I think that your your Heartstone could just be like anything you anything desire. Anything your heart desires. Yeah, yes. so it's just, you know, but also ones that would look like crystallized hearts, like suspended in resin would be pretty cool. You're welcome. Be. You can have that idea for free. <laughs> <laughs> Again, that's uh, metallicdicegames.com. Offer code Dungeonpedia for 10% off your entire order. Uh, we still, of course, have our Patreon if you'd like to support us more directly, and that's just at Dungeonpedia. As I previously mentioned, if you guys are interested, I will record the ecology article and post it onto our Patreon, and that will be available to, what is it, the $5 and up tier? That sounds right. Yes. So. Yes. I'll triple check that and then just go to yeah. the top. Um, and that, 
I mean, we always appreciate that. And I, we are working on ways to give you guys back, give more back to you guys who support us financially with our podcasting fees. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, this is going to be one of the ways. If you have ideas for more uh, Patreon tier type stuff, you can tell us on our Discord. We have a Discord server. It's a lot of fun. We have a link to it that should still be pinned on our Twitter. Um, so you can come join us in the fun, the discussions, the memes, the pet pictures. So many memes. <laughs> and also, um, we have a channel section for uh, if you have any suggestions for Patreon stuff we can do, because sometimes we are lost on what to do. Yeah. As mentioned, that is pinned on our Twitter, which is at Dungeonpedia, and we also have an Instagram, at Dungeonpedia, if you want to follow us there for, for fun stuff. All the fun stuff. Uh, you can email us at dungeonpedia.podcast.gmail.com, really for anything, uh, episode suggestions, Patreon suggestions, um, anything. Hi. Hi. We, we, Hi. We, we like to talk about Hi, Dungeons we're here. and Dragons, in case you couldn't tell based on our podcast. If you're a company looking to hand out new sponsorships, hey, we're here too. We have a dedicated follower of listeners that I know has purchased quite a bit from Metallica's games. Hey. every time. Yeah. Hey, Audible. <laughs> hey, Audible. Hey, Audible. How you doing? Hey, HelloFresh. Um, <laughs> we, we are, we talk about how much we love HelloFresh for free, so like. I'm going to, honestly, if we don't get any emails from them, I'm going to censor all those names. Because they don't get the free promo. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget, uh, subscribe to us wherever you listen to get notifications of our new episodes when they go live. Also, if that platform allows it. Go ahead and throw in a rating and possibly a review that helps out so much. And also just, you know, continue to spread the word. Tell that witch that lives in the cabin at the end of the block. You don't know why she lives in a cabin because everyone else seems to live in normal houses. But for some reason, her house looks a little older and a little creepier. And you're not quite sure why. Just don't, like, accept any bargains Um, from her. Yeah, don't, and maybe just to be safe, like, don't eat any of her food. Don't yeah. go inside her house. Actually, just maybe don't. No, just write a note on a <laughs> piece of paper, fold it into an airplane, and just throw it on the porch and just be done. Yeah. There you go. Do that, yeah. Also, thank you to Alexander Nakarada for the use of our theme song, Blacksmith. You could stand outside of her house with a boombox and play it, like... Actually, on that note, a few weeks ago, we had someone, um, Ari, actually go into the Discord and ask how we actually found that song. And at this point, I want to actually mention Alexander Nakarada has a band camp and also a SoundCloud so that if you like Blacksmith and want to see if you can find any of his music for your royalty-free needs, you can go there and purchase or tip him for any of the uh, anything that he has that you like. He has a really great catalog. He does. It's nice. And I'm glad he uh, opened up those other things, too. But with that, you left us on just a ridiculously stupid cliffhanger. <laughs> right. So like, let's go back and to talk the about fifth edition, an entry in the fifth edition monster manual that was somehow better than an ecology oh, article. You'll see. And it's not just the monster manual. Oh shit. Okay. All right. Okay. So what is this thing that is better than an ecology article? Okay, it has so much more Okay. 
No, I'm not even going to preamble any further. I will start with the monster manual. That's small and easy. Um, and then we'll move on. Um, so in 5th edition, hags are definitely more into the fae. Like, we started doing it in 4th edition. We're full on fae now. All right. Um, so hags represent all that is evil and cruel. Uh, they resemble withered crones, and there's nothing mortal about them, even though they, they look like these tiny little ladies. Right. Um, their forms reflect only the wickedness in their hearts. Hmm. Mm. Hags are kinkers on the mortal world. <laughs> that is from the monster manual itself. Um, so they're they're like painful, but altogether mildly irritating. And you should soak them in apple cider vinegar if you want them to go away. Exactly. <laughs> um, hmm. They're um, they have withered faces with long frayed hair, horrid moles and warts that dot their blotchy skin, and they have long skinny fingers that are tipped by claws that can slice open. Flush with the touch. Y'all wanted them to use their fingernails as swords. You got it. Heck Good. yeah. Finally. Um, their simple clothes are always tattered and filthy. All hacks possess an infinity for spell casting. They can alter their forms and curse their foes, and their arrogance inspires them to view their magic as a challenge to the magic of the gods. Oh, shit. They blaspheme at every opportunity. Holy shit. Okay, so, like, what's the problem with these guys again? Blaspheme. Um, hags name themselves in darkly whimsical ways, claiming monikers such as Black Morwen, Peggy Pigneckle, Grandmother <laughs> Titch Willow, Jana Shug, Rotten Ethel, and Auntie Wormtooth. Okay, those Nana all... Shug. Okay, so those are all alternatively <laughs> names for different strains of weed. Not wrong, <laughs> so literally hey can i have a gram of grandmother titchwillow please <laughs> oh go ahead and throw in a little bit of nana shug too <laughs> mm, nana nana shug. Shug. holy shit so, okay and actually i am going to skip ahead in a different different supplement it actually gives a hag name chart oh god yes <laughs> hags often have whimsical names with a dark twist <laughs> So you can roll on the chart with a D12. Uh, titles include Auntie, Black, Cackling, Dismal, Dread, Driftwood, Granny, Old, Rickety, Rotten, Turtleback, and Wicked. Holy shit. And Turtleback. First names include Agatha, Agnes, Ethel, May. Basically grandma names. Just yeah. A whole list of grandma it's, names. Yeah, that's just nothing but grandma names, which I mean, I'm, I'm down with. And then last names are all, first you got Bone Chewer. The classic. Yeah. Frog wart, green nice. teeth, gristle gums, Holy knuckle shit. bones, Holy shit. midden heap, mud wallow, pig tooth, titch willow, toe stealer, twig mouth, and worm wiggle. Toe stealer. So I got a, oh, I got a set of D12 right here. Oh, you use one of your D12? Yeah, no, go for it. Oh, God. So we're creating a hag. We're going to create a hag. Dread. Dread. Okay. Eight, um, Peggy. Dread Peggy. That's already powerful. Twig mouth. Dread Peggy Twig mouth. <laughs> Dread Peggy Twig mouth. The best <laughs> hag ever. So, are y'all ready to find out how hags reproduce? Um, um yeah. Oh, in fifth edition. Uh-huh. Specific. Okay, I think, okay, go, go, yeah. Um, Hags propagate by snatching and devouring yep. human infants. I was going to say, I remembered. Uh, Hansel and Gretel. I was going to say, yes. I remembered that baby stealing was often, was often an aspect. 
after stealing a baby from its cradle or its mother's womb. Oh! Yeah. Whoa. Um, okay. The hag consumes the poor child. A week later, the hag gives birth to a daughter who looks human until her 13th birthday, whereupon the child transforms into the spitting image of her hag mother. Okay. Um, I want to know how that works, just like genetically, like... Like, physiologically? I would guess, um, like, if I were going to fake science my way through this, it would work as the hag's magic or biochemistry basically goes in and rewrites their daughter's genetic code. Yeah. When, when after feeding herself. Mm. Yeah. That's definitely um, a way to phrase that, yeah. Um, hags sometimes raise the daughters they spawn. However, a hag might choose to return oh. the child to the grieving parents. Only oh. to watch from the shadows as the child grows up to become a horror. Oh, shit! Oh, that's it! Tomorrow is your 13th birthday, baby girl! Are you oh, shit! Oh, my God! That is horrible, horrible but yeah. also... Very hag-like. Amazing. Also, that's such a long game. <laughs> like... They think that their like baby is is gone for like a, like a week or something, or 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 you go the stealing from the mother's womb route and, and return it to the father. Yeah, and return it to like the the widowed father who's like, oh my god, you know, like my wife died and my my baby daughter went missing, um, you know, this that and the other. And then he, she's like miraculously returned. His oh shit! Oh, ooh, I, ooh. it is a little horrible. That's oh, not great. That's um, not great. So hags are arrogant to a fault and believe themselves the most cunning creatures in all of the realms. Right, um, and they treat yeah. all others as inferior. Naturally, even even so, they love dealing with mortals. As long as those morals show the proper respect and deference. Again, think back to the Baba Yaga. She'll be she'll give you anything you want as long as you're polite. Right, yeah. Um over their long lives, hags accumulate all kinds of knowledge on everything, but specifically lore, dark creatures and magic. Um they're part to sell or trade. Are we are we hags? We might be hags. We might be hags. I mean, the evidence is it's kind of, of mounting here. I don't really know how to feel, but it's definitely there. Um, hags enjoy watching morals bring about their own <laughs> Oh, shit. Yep. And yep. a bargain with a hag is always dangerous. Yep. I mean, um, yeah. Terms usually involve demands to give up something dear, um, especially if the lost thing diminishes or negates the knowledge given gained through the bargain. Oh. Okay, we're still skin. Yeah. Oh, fidufa. Um, I love that though. I kind of love that. Yeah. Uh, Hags love the macabre. Uh, I did not pronounce that wrong, right? Did I? No, macabre. Macabre, that's right. The R E is. Hags love the macabre and festoon their garb with dead things and accentuate their appearance with bones, bits of flesh, and filth. Okay, I was going to make a same joke, but it started to get less and less same throughout the sentence. Yeah. So. Well, talking about bones. Just, yeah. yeah, just stop it, yeah. and that's okay. They, uh, they nurture <laughs> blemishes and pick out wounds to produce weeping, separating flesh. Okay, I just, I just pick at wounds to because I have an issue. <laughs> uh, um, attractive yeah, creatures evoke disgust in a hag, uh, which might help 
such poor creatures by disfiguring or transforming them. Nice. Hmm. <laughs> Help them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they embrace the embrace of the disturbing and unpleasant extends to all aspects of a hag's life. I don't know why that's so funny to me. <laughs> uh, a hag might fly in a magic giant skull, landing it on a tree shape. To resemble an enormous headless body. Art! Whoa. Um, another might travel with a menagerie of monsters and slaves kept in cages and disguised by illusions to lure unwary creatures close. Hags sharpen their teeth on millstones and spin cloth from the intestines of their victims, reacting with glee to horror to the horror their actions invoke. So... They're just edgy for the sake of being edgy. Yes, these, they're all 14-year-old boys. <laughs> they're like 14-year-old boys who just look like adult women. Or not adult women, but like elderly women. Yeah. Noted. Just wow, that's edgy. Okay, that, like, that also kind of fucks, though. So very strange, though. Like, um, I don't know, man. This is weird. Uh, hags maintain contact with each other and share knowledge. And even though... Um, Basically, through such contacts, it's likely that every given hag knows every other hag in existence, but they don't like each other at all. Um, They do abide by an ageist code of conduct. Hags announce their presence for her crossing into another hag's territory, bring gifts when entering another hag's dwelling, and break no oaths given to other hags, as long as the oath given or isn't given with fingers crossed. Oh, shit. So they're they're essentially like a big family. Yeah. Like, they, they, they... I assume there is magic which is broken when fingers are crossed. Right, yeah. I mean, that's a thing, isn't it? Yes. Uh, I don't know much do about... Do they also break their fingers? Probably. Oh, what if that's like, alright, we're gonna make this pact, but before we break this pact, I'm gonna break all of your fingers so that way you physically can't. And you'll break all of mine, it'll be great. <laughs> I don't know how you're gonna do that with broken fingers, but you'll figure it out, I'm sure. Uh, hammer. Um, some people think that the hags um, codes of conduct rep- uh, apply to all. However, it's just hags. And a hag might find it amusing to make them think that they are bound to such code with them, but they're not. <laughs> oh, shit. They're not bound at all. Um, so hags dwell in dark and twisted woods, bleak moors, storm, slash, seacoast, anywhere you think you might find a hag, you can find a hag. Yep. Um, uh, but actually, over time... The landscape around a hag's lair reflects the creature's noxiousness. Uh, the land attack itself can attack and kill trespassers. Ooh. Uh, trees are twisted by darkness and attack passerby, while vines will actually drag creatures off. Um, foul, stinking fro- fogs turn the air to poison, not frogs, fogs. Uh, turn the air to poison and conceal pools of quicksand and sinkholes that consume unwary wanderers. Okay, but it would kind of be cool if there were frogs too. I mean, we can also. Oh, so you can also throw frogs in there too. I mean, yeah, why sure. Not? Why not? Yeah, there's just a fucking bunch of poison dart frogs. Whatever. It's great. When hags are forced to work together, they form covens, and it's back to basically everything previously mentioned. When they are, when they're together, they're more powerful. However, they're very selfish creatures. In 5th edition. And uh, a coven is made up of hags of any type, all of whom are equals within the group. However, each of the hags desires more power over the others. Right. Um, given their nature. 
A coven consists of three hags so that any arguments between two hags can be settled by the third. If more than three hags come together, as might happen if two covens come together, the result is usually chaos. <laughs> That's funny. Um, they're shared spellcasting in third edition. Uh, they must be within 30 feet of each other. And they actually share spell slots among themselves. Um, their first level spells are identi- identify and ray of sickness, and then there's also moving on. Whole person, locate object, bestow curse, counterspell, lightning bolt, phantasmal killer, polymorph, Contact other plane, scrying, and eye bite. Fucking phantasmal killer, though. Oh, uh, yes. And I'm sorry, eye bite? Don't actually know what that one is. Give me just a mere moment. You just, like, jump. Do they bite your eye, or do they bite their own, like, disembodied eye? I mean, given the sixth level, it's got to um, be. So, for the spellstration, your eyes become an inky void imbued with dread power. One creature... Of your choice within 60 feet of you that you can see must say it on a six feet on a wisdom saving throw or be affected by one of the following effects duration asleep or panicked. Hmm. Okay. Cool. Okay. All right. I mean, sure. Sure. Um, so uh, a coven can craft a magic item called a hag eye, which is made from a real eye coated in varnish and often fitted to a pendant or other wearable item. A hag eye is usually entrusted to a minion for safekeeping and transport. Hag and the Coven can take an action to see what the Hag Eye sees if the Hag Eye is in the same plane of existence. Huh. Same thing. Um, if destroyed, each Coven member will take 3d10, it's not 3d10, psychic damage and blinded for 24 hours. Gotcha. Um, a Hag Coven can only have one Hag Eye at a time, and creating a new one requires all three members to perform a ritual. The ritual takes one hour, and Hags can't perform it while blinded. <laughs> so they can't just immediately start yeah, creating a new one. At least a full day. Which, I mean, that's, that's, that's good. During the ritual, if the hags take any action other than performing the ritual, they must start over. So, in 3rd edition, we have... 3rd edition? Or sorry, in 5th edition, we have uh, the green hag, the night hag, the sea hag. So that's all we have. The honest hag, bye. Uh, the three that were thrown in into 4th uh, edition, bye. Bye. They just, Rip. they called those down to... Yeah. Yeah. However many. Green hags are still... Uh, dwelling in dying forests, lonely swamps, misty moors, so kind of a mist hag, um, and make their homes in caves. Uh, they manipulate other creatures into doing their bidding, masking intentions, uh, deception, that sort of thing. They lure victims in by mimicry, so that's all the same. And they drive unwanted visitors away by imitating cries of fierce beasts. Uh, they have an obsession with tragedy. Green hags revel in the failings and tragedies of other creatures. They derive joy from bringing people low and seeing hope turn into despair. Not just for individuals, but for whole nations as well. I mean, we, we all know somebody like that. <laughs> also, <laughs> they also just really like um, certain types of, of plays as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, Everyone really- knows night hags prefer comedies, though. Oh, yeah. Speaking of night hags, I actually really like what um, Fifth Edition did for night hags. Uh, they are sly and subversive. Night hags want to see the virtuous turn to villainy, love turn into obsession, kindness turn to hate, devotion to disregard, generosity to selflessness or selfishness. Uh, night hags take perverse joy in corrupting mortals, and this is what I really like. Night hags were once creatures of the Feywild, but their foulness saw them exiled to Hades long ago, where they de- degenerated into fiends. Now. Whatever the fiend turn into fiends, whatever. But I like that they are 
Feywild creatures, and they kind of brought it back to first edition by forcing them into Hades. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Also, like, just... <laughs> like, they were, they were too foul for the Fey. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm not... I You know, again, like, not that, like, Fey are all evil, but I feel like Fey a lot of the time are, like, kind of pretty chill with whatever. Yeah. As long as you don't... Well, like, actually, we'll get into that. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, night hags are since spread across all the lower planes. Um, while a humanoid sleeps, a night hag can strangle the person. Ethereally, that's all the same. While a humanoid sleeps, a night hag can strangle the person ethereally and intrude upon its dreams. Any creature with true sight can see the hag's spectral form straddling its prey. No. <laughs> the ethereal hag fills her victim's head with doubts and fears in hope of tricking it into performing evil acts in the waking world. The hag continues her nightly visitations until the victim finally expires in its sleep. If the hag has driven her victim to commit evil deeds, she traps its corrupted soul in her soul bag for transport to Hades. Soul bag? I like it. The soul bag is um, this black sack made out of stitched flesh. Oh, lovely. Yeah. A soul bag can hold only one evil soul at a time, and only only the hag who crafted the bag can catch a soul with it. Crafting a soul bag takes seven days and a humanoid sacrifice whose flesh is used to make the bag. Naturally. I mean, um, yeah. The night hag also still has the heartstone, which is now given a description. This luscious black gem allows the night hag to become ethereal while it is in her possession. Uh, the touch of a heartstone also cures any disease. Crafting a heartstone takes 30 days. Um, if either of these items go missing, the night hag will go to great lengths to retrieve it or create a as creating a new tool takes time and effort. Seven to 30 days, specifically. I, I mean, seven days, not too bad. 30. 30, you're kind of getting there, yeah. Like, I don't know, that seems just a bit too long. But how long is it going to take them to get the item back? Depends on who's told, who took it and where they went. Um, so, sea hags live in dismal and polluted underwater layers surrounded by marrow and other aquatic monsters. Um, beauty drives the sea hag into fits of anger. When confronted with something beautiful, the hag m- might simply attack it or deface it. If something beautiful gives hope, a sea hag wants it to cause despair. If it inspires courage, the sea hag wants it to cause fear. Sea hags are by far the ugliest of all the hags, with slimy scales covering their pallid skin. Sea hag's hair resembles seaweed and covers her emaciated body, with her glassy eyes seem seeming as lifeless as a doll's. Hmm. Um, although a sea hag can hide her true form under a veil of illusion, the hag is cursed to forever appear ugly. <laughs> so it, it's like ugly and then like still like still ugly, but not like immediately like suspiciously revolting. Yeah. And doesn't make you sick. Like just like this is an ugly sea elf. <laughs> so there is so much information in this next part that I'm really going to have to try and summarize as much as I can. Because um Hags are one of the few, one of the creatures that is basically given a huge backstory in Bolo's Guides of Monsters, specifically for like DMs role playing and even making one as a playable character. Basically, in Bolo's Guide uh, to Monsters, hags are uh, re- represent corruption of ideals and goals. They delight in seeing the innocent brought low, and they are inhuman monsters uh, twisted by evil. They're shape changers and blasphemers and et cetera, et cetera, all the same. Uh, hacks perceive ugliness as beauty and vice versa. They rebel in having hideous appearances and all that. 
Because both the Seelie and Unseelie court appreciate and revere true beauty among the Fae, hags are never found in either place. Almost never. The Summer Queen and the Queen of Air and Darkness, which are the Seelie Queen and the Unseelie Queen, respectively, are recognized that hags have valuable knowledge and impressive magic, but they cannot abide by the, of the stain on the beauty of their surroundings, which is why hags are exiled. Because they're hideous. That's why they're driven out. Night yeah. hags, especially. Well, uh, damn. All right. Rare few are accepted. Um, <clears throat> they're either so influential that their entry can't be refused, or young and humble enough to be willing to use their magic to put on a prettier appearance in the court. <laughs> Obvious exception being sea hags. Yeah. Right. Um, other hags aren't usually upset by the exclusion. They like to be left alone to their own schemes. As the fae queens tend to be whim- whimsical and also prone to whims. Right. Because, uh, you know, fae. Yeah. Um, and they like to be able to talk to both sides and talk badly about both sides. Right. So, hags are virtually immortal, with the lifespan greater than that of even dragons and elves. The oldest wisest are often called grandmothers by other hags. Some grandmothers are nearly as powerful as some of the ar- some, some of the archfang. Just really leaning into the old lady thing here. Yeah. Hags of lower but respectable status are called aunties. Auntie gains stati- her status from being very old and a member of a powerful coven. Serving directly under a grandmother or having many offspring, whether adopted or birthed. Right. Like Baba Yaga having adopted hers or, as previously mentioned, her reproduction. Right. right. Yeah. Um, hags delight in corrupting others. Um, the desire to orchestrate the downfall of others is why so many hags make their homes near humanoid settlements. Hags make bargains differently than have devils operate. Devil might approach a mortal to make a deal because it wants the individual to become tainted with evil so that when the victim dies, its soul goes to the nine hells. Hags are usually content to wait and conduct their own business and wait for people to come to them. Hags want to bring the mortal low during its life uh, as compensation for fulfilling her end of the bargain. Devils barter with souls as a commodity while hags just enjoy making people miserable. Nice. Yeah. Just, you know. Hags actually, despite seeming like they don't understand anything, hags actually understand moral device, desires and vices better than most morals do, and they know how to manipulate people by preying on those qualities. Uh, by offering a proposal that seems or actually is fair, chances are that the hag is pursuing a hidden agenda. Don't trust a hag. Bolo's Guide to Monster uh, reintroduces the Honest Hag and introduces the Bureau Hag. Um, the Honest Hags are mountain and hill hags. Um, so they have more in common with giants and that sort of thing. They love tormenting weak and fearful and seeing others feel fear. Beer hags live in wintry lands and they favor snow-covered mountain peaks. They are gaunt, have blue-white skin, white hair, and are known for their gray wooden staffs, which give them access to extraordinary ice magic. Uh, Beer hags love seeing mortals freeze to death. Nice. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's just fucking rude. Yeah. Um, just freeze to death. Why? Ha- uh, <clears throat> hags that live long enough or have the necessary resources can alter their very own basic nature, leaving behind their old physiology and adopting that of a hag of an appropriate new environment. Oh. Yes. Um, hags are selfish by nature and uh, cherish their independence, so they would rather adapt 
to a new form than seek someone else's help. Yeah, mm-hmm. big move. Yeah. At the same time, each hag recognizes that they're sisters in a way and have a dark sorority or sisterhood. Even if they don't really like each other. Yes, correct. Finally, this is the last thing I'm going to touch on, because even though I would, I could go on forever about these things. They're so cool. In Von Richten's Guide to Ravenloft, there is a new type of, um, I guess, race that you can play, mm-hmm. um, which is called the Hexblood. Oh, yeah. I read very briefly about that. Hexbloods are individuals infused with eldritch magic, fey magic, or mysterious witchcraft. They enter bargains with hags to gain their deepest wishes, but eventually find themselves transformed. Um, these changes are evident of a hag's influences. Ears that split in forked points, skin of lurid shades, and long hair that regrows if cut, and an immoru- irremovable living crown. Along mm. with these marks, hexbloods manifest hag-like traits such as dark vision, a variety of magical methods to beguile the senses, and avoid the same. While many Hexblood gain their lineage after making a deal with, their, with the Hag, others reveal their nature as their age. So, like if their parents uh, made a deal with the Hag. Oh, okay. The crown is called an Elder Cross for a witch's turn. It's a living garland-like part of the Hexblood's body that extends from their temples and wraps around their head, uh, which serves as a visible, visible mark between a bargain... Sorry, visible mark of the bargain between Hag and Hexblood, a debt owed or a change to come. Um, the Hexblood origins can be seeking a child, your parents made a bargain with a hag, you are the result. Fake kidnappers swapped you and your parents' child. A coven of hags lost one of its members, you were created to replace the lost hag. You were cursed as a child. The deal with spirits of the force transformed you into a Hexblood, now free of the curse. The original curse, not the um, Hexblood curse, that one stays. Uh, you began life as a fake creature, but accidentally changed, but an accident changed you and forced you from your home. And a slighted druid transformed you and bound you. You have a domain of dread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like it. So I think. you have an ancestral legacy, which is you can have dark vision, an eerie token, that sort of thing. You have hex magic, which is you can cast disguise self and hex spells with this trait. Once you cast either of these spells with the trait, you can't cast that spell again until you finish a long rest. Hags. Can undertake a ritual to irreversibly transform a hexblood they created into a new hag, either one of their own kind or that, uh, or one that embodies the hexblood's nature. This requires both the hag and hexblood be in the same place and consent to the lengthy ritual. Circumstances most hexbloods shun, but might accept over the course of the centuries. Once a hexblood undergoes this irreversible ritual, they emerge as a hag. Good lord. Yeah. There's a lot of. I guess variations on how to create a hag. Create a hag. Here. Well, as a fifth edition, there are really just two: hexblood or fur. Baby. Right. Okay. I mean, fair. Just damn though. Yeah. The birth thing is still probably like a, a worse. But yeah, that's just. I a, don't know. It yeah. depends. It's just think. a lot. Neither of them are very good. No. Yeah. I mean, true. Neither of them are really great. Kind of sucks, really. It really does. It all just, it all sucks. Anyways, that's hags. There's more, but like, I had to cut down a lot just to fit it all in. Hags part two? No, no hags part two. Sorry. (laughs) No, I think in this case, it's just going to be 
If you want all I the summarize other information, a lot. go to the notes and you can read them. Yeah. True. Because uh, let me just point out, there are 18 pages of notes. I cut through a lot of physics. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. fifth edition really just expanded on hags so much. Uh, there's a deity in hags. I didn't even get to talk about that. Or a deity for hags. I didn't even get to talk about that. But, like... Yeah. But yeah, there's, but there's yeah. still a lot. <laughs> like, it is still a lot. Anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. Don't forget to follow us on all of our lovely various social media platforms. Spread the word to your friends. That's always very appreciated. If you have a friend you suspect is a hag. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, well, maybe don't, actually. I mean, their reaction might... would tell you. Well, then they might know that you know, and that might not be advantageous for you. Um, if you have anything that you would like to suggest to us for a topic for us to cover, feel free to email us at dungeonpedia.podcast.gmail.com. You can also go into our Discord server if you wish to do that. And with that, thank you all once again for listening, and we will catch you next week on Dungeonpedia. Hags, have a great summer. Anyone remember that? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Summer's almost over, but still like hags, guys. Or cats, if you're edgy. Wink, wink. <laughs> Jesus Christ.